Good evening, everybody. Uh, it's our midweek Wednesday evening service. I'm jumping on kind of late tonight. I know that, but uh, uh, we wanted to jump on and uh, do and say what was on our heart tonight. We're going to uh, been sitting here studying and praying, uh, trying to figure out which way and direction we can go. And we feel like we'll just uh, pick up with uh, Romans chapter number 11 and try and work our way through it. So we'll, uh, um, we're almost done with the book of Romans. Uh, I know we've been in it for quite a while, and uh, a, chapter 11 probably be a two-parter as well, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll try and work our way through it. So if you got <clears throat> got your Bible, you want to read along with us, we're going to study uh, through Romans chapter number 11 as far as we can tonight. We're not trying to keep you too terribly long. <clears throat> but uh, you pray for us and we'll certainly pray for you we do want to go to the Lord in prayer before we get into this um, so our Heavenly Father as we bow in thy presence God we thank you Lord for uh, this sweet hour of prayer we thank you God for your many blessings God we thank you Lord for uh, your goodness your gracious mercy God we thank you Lord that you loved us when we were unlovable uh, God and Father you saved us when we were uh, unsavable to this world. Lord, we just pray, God, you watch over us, bless, keep us, and care for us tonight. Bless our brothers and sisters, God, as they would uh, join and study with us through the Word of God. We pray that you'd bless our sister churches, God, <clears throat> wherever they are. I pray, God, that you'd intervene and bless and uh, guide them. We pray, God, tonight, Lord, as we open thy Word, God, that we would rightly divide it. Uh, we'd not speak out of context or out of turn, but, God, we would follow direction and unction of the Holy Spirit and God let, let your word speak uh, to us and through us Lord let us not read into it but let us read out uh, your precious words we pray most of all Lord if there's one God that's never been saved God I pray before this day would uh, come to a close God that they would uh, bow and bend a knee and erect an altar within themselves somewhere somehow in some fashion now, God, uh, I know that your word tells us, God, if they meet and uh, qualify uh, on the terms of the gospel, God, that you in no wise turn them aside. God, bless tonight and have thy perfect will and way. God, we'll certainly thank you. We'll praise you, God, for what you do. If we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Romans 11. Romans chapter number 11. I'm going to read through verse number 12. We're going to talk about it for a few minutes. And if we got a little bit more runway, we'll go on just a little uh, a little while longer Romans chapter number 11 uh, verse number 1 the scripture says I say then hath God cast away his people God forbid for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin God hath not cast away his people which he foreknow uh, what ye not uh, the scripture saith of Elias how, that, uh, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel saying Lord they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But they saith the answer of, of God unto them. I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. 
According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, Let their table be uh, made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see and bow down their uh, and bow down their back alway. I say then, if they stumble, that they should fall. God forbid, but rather through their salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and diminishing them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. And uh, <clears throat> as we get into this tonight, we, uh, uh, we know that if we worked our way uh, through Romans and there's just a resounding uh, and it just builds chapter after chapter after chapter how Paul is dealing uh, with God's people and, and we say this often with the elect lady Israel and how he's dealing with the church uh, and then we see that uh, there's so often so many people today uh, they try and separate these things and they try and say that uh, they're two distinct, distinct people groups that they're two separate things and one does not apply to the other and this doesn't apply to the church but uh, we can't read the scripture in, in that way if we read the, the scripture in that context then there's things that don't apply to the church there's things that don't apply to me and things that don't apply to you and there's also things that uh, apply to us that doesn't that that did not or do not apply to them uh, and I want to say this uh, you know there's there's a lot of things that the uh, the Old Testament uh, Old Testament writers ha have written that were prophetic uh, that maybe they they had no idea uh, the impact of their words they 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 could not begin to even comprehend really um, what they were writing about and who they were writing about. We see the prophecies of Christ. We see the prophecies of the church. We see all these different things. We see all these uh, wonderful uh, prophetic events that are testified through uh, the reading of the book of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah. We see all these wonderful uh, future uh, prophetic uh, uh, declarations of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, but certainly they couldn't comprehend uh, in its entirety what they were writing about or what they could see, what they could perceive. Uh, we do know that. And also we see where uh, Paul, he uh, was a student of the Word of God. He loved the Word of God. He took all the Old Testament gospel. Uh, and, and that's what he preached until the New Testament church. And, and through the preaching of the Old Testament gospel, the, through the writers of the Old Testament, uh, many uh, and all uh, that were uh, saved in the New Testament were done so through the hearing of the gospel. And that's what we finished up on, 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 on uh, Romans chapter number 10. Uh, where the Bible speaks, and uh, this is a very familiar reading. It's quoted often. I quote it often. A lot of preachers quote it often. Uh, in verse number 14 of the 10th uh, chapter, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? It is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring gl uh, glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the preaching of the word of God, the gospel. When the gospel is delivered, it cultivates faith, and therefore we enact our belief. We believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He seals us, he saves us, and he keeps us. 
And so we have uh, here the culmination, the fruition of the scriptures. So the Bible says in verse number 18, and, and I'm getting somewhere with this uh, as we get into the 11th chapter. The Bible says, verse number 18, he said, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation will I anger you. So listen, what, what Paul is saying right here is he's saying, yes, they have heard the gospel. It has been preached unto them, yet they still rejected it. And so then we uh, kind of segue and we lead into chapter number 11. It says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. So what Paul's saying right here, there's a lot of people, they come with the objection. They say, well, hath God cast away the children of Israel? Hath God cast away the Jews and his chosen and elect people? And Paul says, absolutely not. He said, uh, uh, listen, he says, in my own context, he says, God forbid, absolutely not, for I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. So friends, listen, when we get into this, we need to read uh, the intentionality of the, of the author in the text when he was talking about it. He said, listen, he said, I want all people everywhere, and we quote this almost every service that we're ever in, Acts 4.12. If you've ever heard me quote it once, you've heard me quote it a thousand times. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not negotiable. Friends, listen, if you're going to heaven, you must go through the Lord Jesus Christ or you cannot go. There's so many people, they try and, and, and make so many different alternative ways and alternative paths, and they present all these different facets and how we can get there. But friends, listen, it's simply and wholly through one person. And that, uh, listen, the Bible tells us in the book of Timothy, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. There's only one way. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, lest he come by me. So friends, listen, we're reading the verse number two here. We're not going to get uh, caught up too terribly long, but, uh, so we can't get our way through this. But the Bible says in verse number two, Romans 11, verse two, uh, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Uh, won't ye not uh, that the scripture saith of Elias? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, have they uh, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. And we find this right here. Uh, we can go back uh, to the uh, the book of Kings, and we'll we'll find where Elijah or Elias right here, uh, Elijah. Uh, uh, he'd come to the point and place and time in his life. He, th he said, Lord, they've all forsaken me. They've all went their own way. They, they will not hear me. I, everything that I speak and that I preach to them, that I prophesy to them, they do not hear me. They, they won't have me. They've exiled me. I, listen, he said, I'm just going to go away over here. He said, I'm going to hide in a cave. He said, I'm going to hide myself from all the people of Israel. I'm not doing this anymore. And how many people, and I just want to stop right there and say this, how many people, People, especially how many preachers uh, today have come to this impasse in their life and they think, well, Lord, I, I can't do any more. I can't go any further. Uh, Lord, I'm just going to hide myself. I'm quitting. I'm done. Uh, they have forsaken me. They've forsaken my family. They've forsaken the church. Lord, I can't do this. I can't bear this possibly anymore. 
I, I say that in the context of preachers. I want to say this in the context of the church today. How many of you, uh, friends, how many have reached an impasse in your life and you say, Lord, why are things working in my life the way that they're working? And we have uh, confidence we can take uh, this one thing. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number eight, we talked about this several weeks ago in verse number 28, 29. We know that all things work together for good uh, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Friends, listen, we need to understand that God has a perfect will for our lives. God uh, will not uh, overextend us. God will not overburden us. God uh, wants us, uh, listen, he wants to fill and load our wagon with as much as we can possibly uh, do and much as we can possibly say and seek. And friends, listen, I thank God for those opportunities in my life. Uh, friends, listen, for the times in my life when I thought that I had too much and I, I, I personally I couldn't go any further, I'm glad that God provided, always provides. Amen. We've talked about and preached about this on Sunday morning. When Moses reached an impasse, behind him were the children of Israel. Or excuse me, not the children of Israel, but uh, the people of Egypt, Pharaoh and his army. Before him was the Red Sea. It seemed like it was an impossible way. that He couldn't go back. He couldn't go forward. All the people that he had delivered and he brought out of, uh, of the land of Egypt, they had turned their back on him. They were beginning uh, to chide against him. They were saying, Lord, why, or, or Moses, why did you even bring us out? out of this uh, a place uh, said we had food we had bread we know that we were slaves and we know that we had a taskmaster but what we had was better than where we are and friends today listen there's so many Christians today listen we can never have confidence that God is working his plan in our lives and we say well uh, Lord we don't understand well friends listen there's going to be a lot of things in this life that we don't understand but we know that all things work to good for God's glory. We can't understand every uh, specific uh, 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 impasse that we reach in our lives. Uh, the Bible tells us that Moses, as we said, he ascended up unto the mount. Uh, listen, he said, God, I can't go any further. There is no help. There's no, re there, there's no escape. How can I possibly be delivered from this uh, impossible scenario? And the Bible tells us that Moses began to pray unto God, and God instructed him. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what we need today. We need to stand still and take solace that we have liberty in God's gracious, merciful salvation. He will deliver us. He will provide. Uh, friends, listen, we understand this. Hey, I tell you this, I've seen this, on, uh, I've witnessed this personally, and I'm sure that you have too. Many dear saints of God, they struggle with sickness and they struggle with disease or they, uh, they, they, they have uh, temptations and they have addictions that burden them in this life. And it seems like that they're unexplainable. They're wonderful people of God. And, and, and we, we can't even begin to comprehend with our minds why they're in the predicament and shape that they're in. I 
I think about my grandfather who suffered for years with Parkinson's disease. What a wonderful and tremendous man of God that he was. Uh, but friends, listen, we don't understand those things. We don't understand why godly people have to endure and battle cancer. Uh, friends, but it's running rampant today. Friends, listen, we, uh, and listen, I want to encourage you this. Friends, listen, we should pray for healing. We should ask God for those things in our lives. Friends, listen, the Bible says, whatsoever ye ask according to my will, uh, it shall be granted unto you. Amen. Uh, so friends, listen, I'm glad that we can seek God in prayer. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 and uh, uh, verse number 12, he said, let us there, or verse number 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Uh, friends, listen, there is opportunity. There is grace. There is mercy. There is love. There is forgiveness. There is all. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, there is so many provision for God's people, but ultimately we need, to, we need not forget this. Friends, listen, sin, disease, death is all the consequence of sin. Uh, listen, when Adam and Eve transgressed in the garden, they disobeyed the direct command of God. Uh, listen, imposed upon them was physical death. Friends, listen, he said, he told the woman, he said, uh, listen, through ch childbearing, uh, listen, the pains and the woe and, and the groanings of childbirth, uh, listen, uh, because of this, and he, and he told the man, he said, listen, because uh, you have obeyed the woman, woman and you've forsaken me. Uh, listen, he said, by the sweat of thy brow shall thou toil all the day long. Friends, listen, we do the things that we do. We have to endure these things. We have to work for these things because of sin. Uh, friends, listen, and I'm going to tell you something. It's not because of some specific sin. I don't care what anybody says. And friends, listen, I'm tired of people taking and molesting the word of God. Uh, friends, listen, I'm, only, I'm here to tell you, we're all sinners. The Bible Bible tells us in, in Romans 3.10, for we have all, all sinned, uh, or 3.10, the Bible says, for there's none righteous, no, not one. 3 and 23, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, friends, listen, there is nothing uh, about us that is righteous. There's nothing about us that is good. It is God that is good, the Bible tells us, and he alone is good. Friends, listen, uh, all these things, they, they, they befall us and they uh, encamp around us because we are human. But I'm glad that God's grace and God's provision, uh, friends, listen, that's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I'm glad uh, that this world is not my home. He said, if I had hope in this world only, I'd be of all men most miserable. Friends, listen, I'm glad that all things work together for good and we're pressing on, as Paul said, uh, in the book of Philippians, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling uh, of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can press on uh, to maturity. We can press on uh, to that heavenly gift that we're going to gain one of these days. Friends, listen, that does not separate us uh, from the physical ailments and the things that we'll probably have to suffer and, and the trials and tribulations and all the trivialities that we'll have to go through in this world. Uh, doesn't separate us from those things, but I'm 
glad that we can press on beyond those things. Amen. I'm glad that because we're saved by the grace of God, there is something far beyond what we can comprehend and what we can see. There is promise, there is hope, and there is help. Friends, listen, I want to be an encouragement to those uh, listen uh, within the church house uh, today. I want you to be encouraged, not discouraged. I want you to be encouraged. Uh, friends, listen, I, I know that times are difficult. I know that things are changing. I've said this the last two or three weeks at church. Uh, friends, listen, we have, uh, we've entered into a time, I believe this, friends, as bad as I hate to say it. I believe that the church will probably, the church as we know it will probably never be the same again. But friends, listen, we've got to take advantage of what God has provided us and use it for our benefit, for the kingdom of God. Friends, listen, I'm telling you something. Why well, thank God? Why well, I'm thankful for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit right now, because I want to say this, friends. Listen, there's so many people. There, there there's a, a false doctrine that is rapidly taught, uh, friends. Listen, that the church will be excluded, will not have to suffer wrath, will not have to suffer trouble, uh, friends. Listen to me. Uh, listen, we're going through those things now. Amen, uh, friends. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. Paul uh, walked. Uh, Listen, he built tents to provide uh, for his provisions that he needed. Uh, listen, all 12 of the apostles that were called and sent out, all of them were martyred. All of them were murdered, all but one. One died a natural death, and that was John the Revelator, John the Apostle. He's the only one that died a natural death. Uh, friends, listen, because he never left the Lord. Uh, friends, listen, he went with him to the cross of Calvary. They tried to kill him because he wouldn't quit preaching. Uh, listen, but li the Bible tells us this, uh, history tells us this, that John wouldn't quit preaching, so uh, they took him, uh, the Romans did, they took him and they, they put him in a basin of oil. And uh, listen, they didn't even put him in boiling oil, they just put him in a basin of oil and they built a fire underneath it and they were going to boil him to death. Uh, Francis, and, but thank God, the oil wouldn't even boil. So they said, we know what we'll do. Uh, listen, since we can't kill him physically, we'll take him and we'll exile him to the Isle of Patmos and we'll starve him to death. Uh, listen, at the very minimum, we'll starve him to death, but if we get him over there on the island, he can't preach anymore. Uh, friends, listen, and the Bible tells us in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, he said, I, John, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Ain't you glad in the midst of our greatest adversities, of our greatest turmoils, of our greatest setbacks that God shows up in the midst of them. Friends, he's not always going to deliver us from them, but he will walk with us through them. Amen. Aren't you glad that when Daniel was in the, uh, listen, when he was in the lion's den, God didn't deliver him out of the den. God got in the den with him. When the three Hebrew children, uh, my friends, listen, when they were thrown and cast forth into the fiery furnace, listen, hey, they weren't, they weren't delivered from the furnace. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar rose from his throne and looked in the mouth of the fiery furnace and he said behold did we not cast three men bound into the fire he said lo I see four men 
loose and the fourth hath the form of the Son of God. Uh, friends, listen, I, I want to be an encouragement to you. Friends, listen, uh, keep pressing on, keep preaching, keep singing, keep praying. Uh, listen, hey, we need uh, each other in this day and time. Friends, listen, we need each other. Uh, let, we need each other more today than we ever have. Friends, listen, we, listen, there's so much, listen, discontinuity and there's so much unharmony in the church house today. We need to bind together as the good people of God. Listen, we, we need to come together in love and provision and those that we see sitting on the sideline that they've given up on themselves, they've given up on the church, they've given, hey, somebody somewhere somehow in some fashion has offended them. Friends, listen, hey, I've been there. I, I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that, uh, listen, that I've never been there or I've never done it. I've done it myself. I've done it pastoring churches many times over. Uh, friends, I've come home. Uh, listen, I've gotten the truck after preaching on Sunday morning and said, Lord, that's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I'm done. I'm quitting. Nobody's listening. Nobody's moving. Nobody's being saved. Friends, Listen, it's not about the response that we get. It's about what we do for Jesus. Amen. That, listen, sometimes, I, and I'm reminded of this in the time, and I know I got to the third verse over here, and I ain't moved no further, and I apologize. But, uh, friends, listen, we get to this place, and we need to understand, friends, listen, that it's not about uh, everything that we get and everything that everybody does for us. And, boy, I tell you, I appreciate the things that the church has done for me. I see all the people that's on here uh, from the churches that we pastored in days gone by, and, boy, I love them. I, I thank God for them. They provided for me. They were good to me me. They were good to my home. They were good to my family, my children, my wife. Listen, I tell you, I, I, I thank God for the overwhelming majority of the church. They've been wonderful friends. Listen, but I'm going to tell you, there's a few rotten eggs out there, and there always will be. Don't let them spoil the, listen, hey, don't let them spoil the whole thing for you, friends. Listen, you be encouraged. But this is where Elijah had got to. He said, Lord, he said, they've thrown down your altars. They're not listening to me. It doesn't matter how much I prophesy. It does not matter how many times I tell them to repent. They're still not listening. He says, Lord, I'm done. I'm quitting. I'm giving up. Listen. In verse 3, the Bible says, Romans 11, verse 3, he said, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Uh, listen, they're, they're fixing to kill him. He said, but what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved unto myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Friends, listen, we need to derive from this text. I want, I want, to, I want you to hear me today. Friends, listen, if you think you're in this alone, you're not. Amen. If you think, uh, well, nobody else is doing what I'm doing. Nobody else is doing what we're doing. Friends, listen. Yes, there is. God has got a people. Friends, listen to me. They will be faith found on this earth when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. Friends, I'm, t I'm here to tell you. Uh, listen, the church will survive and the church will thrive if we will let it. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, I know that so often, so often we find ourselves uh, in a place of complacency and we think, Lord, I can't go anymore. I can't do anymore. I know how you feel. I know how Elijah felt. 
I'm sure that Paul, the author of the book of Romans, felt this way many times when he found himself writing another epistle to a church from a jail cell. I, but I'm reminded of what he did write in one, one of his epistles. He said, Lord, I've learned in whatsoever shape and state that I'm in therewith to be content. Friends, listen, history tells us that Paul was more than likely blind, if, uh, listen, at minimum of one eye, if not both. Uh, his faculties, his arms and his legs, he was a crippled man because he'd been stoned from preaching. But friends, listen to me. It didn't hinder him for pressing on. It didn't stop him. And listen, we need to take and, and, and follow the examples of God's good people. The Bible tells us here, listen, we need to draw from this that God always has a people. When you think you're alone, God always has somebody there. Boy, I'm thankful for the times in my life. Listen, uh, when you start pastoring and, and, and you're separated uh, from your friends and your preacher buddies and uh, all the people that you're used to uh, uh, assimilating yourself with, and you find yourself in a low spot, boy, I'm thankful for those <clears throat> midday phone calls and late at night texts. Ain't you? that come in randomly and say, Brother, I'm just praying for you and we love you. Boy, I thank God for the, I thank God for the people of God. We're not alone. God will provide. God provided for Moses. God provided for David. God provided for Elijah, for Elijah. God provided for Daniel. He provided for the three Hebrew children. God will provide. God has provided for me and God will provide for you. So the Bible says in verse number five, even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So friends, listen, we reach a, a place right here where uh, Paul is reiterating and he's hammering home the fact again. Friends, listen, it's not by works of righteousness, Titus 3, 5, go read it. The Bible says uh, in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, renewing, and regenerating of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ. Our Savior. Friends, listen, it's all about grace. What is grace? We've talked about this multiple times. What is grace? Grace is uh, the unmerited favor of God toward man. This is this is what God gives us that we do not deserve. Uh, friends, listen, I'm glad that God extends grace to us. Amen? God, listen, God gives us grace. He gives us something that we do not deserve. And then he extends mercy, which is something that we don't deserve that he gives us anyway. Uh, friends, Listen, so we, uh, we, we have God's grace, God's interworking of mercy. Friends, listen, it's, and Paul's driving home the point again. It's not by, it's not by works. It's not by uh, ethnicity. Uh, listen, he's talking to the people of Israel in context. We read the scripture in context right here. He's talking to the Jewish people of Israel. And he's telling them, listen, it's not by your works of righteousness. You're not getting to heaven because you keep the Ten Commandments. Those are good things to do. That's not why you're getting to heaven. You're getting to heaven through God's grace. Amen. And God's grace is manifest in his son, Jesus. Uh, listen, that's how you get into heaven. You're not doing it. Uh, you're not getting there because you were good. 
you're not getting there uh, because uh, listen because you, you you go to church Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night are those good things absolutely there's wonderful things I believe that we should assemble ourselves together as the manner of some is according to the book of Hebrews. I believe that there is wonderful fellowship that we can garner from the house of God. I, I, listen, I, I'm thankful that for technology that we can do the things that we're doing right now. I'm glad that we can still meet together. You can watch this anytime you want to. You don't have to sit down here and watch me right now. You can go eat supper and you can go uh, 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 read the Bible later tonight with your family. Thank God for technology. But listen, the, the, there's an aspect where... Uh, the people of God, we need to come together. I remember Annie Ruth Stowers, Mandy's grandmother, a uh, wonderful mentor of mine, and she helped me uh, immeasurably uh, uh, as we first started preaching. But I remember uh, when she would tell me when she was a little girl talking about uh, this one, and they'd still ride the horse and buggy to the church house, and they only had meeting one Sunday a month. She said, I remember as a little girl pulling up, and my mama and daddy uh, on the wagon. And she said, I remember people shouting from the wagons before they even got to the church house just when they seen each other. Listen, friends, listen, that's the power of fellowship. I, I heard Cecil Reeves put it this way one time, and I probably never heard it put uh, any better than this. He said, one stick can easily be broken, but you take a bundle of sticks and you try, listen, uh, you, you, you take this Bible right here, it's easy. I can take one sheet of this Bible right here, it's paper, uh, listen, as thin as it is, I can rip it. I, listen, I, I, I even, not even trying to sometimes, it can be torn. But if I fold this thing up and try and grab it by the binding and rip the pages apart, I don't have enough strength, friends. Listen, <clears throat> that's what the scripture was talking about, about fellowship of our church. Friends, listen, that's where we grow strength because when we, the Bible tells us this, in the 8th chapter of Romans, and we'll move on. The Bible tells us this, when we don't even know what to pray or don't even know what to ask for, the Spirit maketh intercession for us with utterings and groans which we cannot even speak of. So friends, listen, this is what we have as a body of believers. Friends, listen, when one falls and when one's weak and when one feels like that it could tear easily, that's where the people of God, we stand around them. We uh, encapsulate them. Listen, when we reach places and times in our lives when uh, we don't we don't even feel like we can pray, that's where our brothers and sisters step in and prop us up in prayer. That's where we draw strength and encouragement and the fortitude that we have to press on uh, in this life. Now, listen, I, I'll uh, uh, weed my way through the next few verses right here, and then we'll... Uh, Call it off here in just a few minutes. The Bible says in verse number seven, What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it. And the rest were blinded. So friends, listen, let's deal with this word election here for just a few minutes. As we see this word election, what is the election? And a lot of people, they, they, they uh, uh, preload this word election. And they say, well, election are the people that God foreknew uh, that he elected them to be saved. Uh, friends, listen, that's not what the elect is in the context of the Word of God, nor in the, in, in the definition that I just provided is that context ever in the Bible. The Bible speaks about the elect and the election, uh, friends, of those that God has set aside corporately that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith through grace as defined in Ephesians 2 and 8. 
Those that, uh, uh, you go back and you read Ephesians chapter 1, and we probably, we may uh, take a detour after Romans 11 and just pick up Ephesians 1. Uh, But those that are in Christ, friends, if you are in Christ, then you are elect. But friends, listen, if you are not in Christ, then you are not elect. But I'm glad, and listen, you've heard me talk about this, the omniscience of God. What is the omniscience of God? God knows all things that are knowable. God didn't look into the future. God didn't foresee a choice that I made. And then he didn't make a decision on a choice that I made. That would make God's knowledge contingent on man or my choice. Listen, God's knowledge is not contingent upon anything that I think, ask, or believe. Uh, Friends, listen, I've said this many times. A lot of people say, well, the Bible says it. I believe it, therefore it's true. That's a lie. The Bible says it. It's true, and it has no bearing on whether or not you believe it. It's still true. It doesn't matter if you believe it. Friends, listen, the knowledge of God acts and functions in that manner and in that respect. God knows all things in eternity past, before the decreated uh, before the creative decree and because he knows all things and because he is all things uh, friends therefore listen my knowledge is not content uh, or my choice is not contingent upon his knowledge Friends, God knows all things because he knows what I will do before I ever was and he knows what you will do before you ever were So listen, when we deal with this word election right here, what are we specifically dealing with? We've talked about this. There is an elect lady. And that's what we deal with in these next few verses right here. God called Abraham out of Ur of Chaldees. Listen, into a place which he had never been. And God told him, the Bible tells us this in, in, in Romans chapter number four, he said, and, and Abraham believed God and it was imputed or accounted unto him for righteousness, imputed unto him for righteousness. So friends, because we get to that point right here, we see that the election or the elect that he's talking about is the vehicle by which he would bring and birth the Messiah. Now listen, the elect lady, the nation of Israel, was the vehicle which he would bring and birth uh, the second person of the Trinity, the Messiah, uh, uh, and he would go to the cross of Calvary. He would suffer uh, and pay the penalty for our sins. Listen, not only uh, not only as our representative, but as our substitute. He is our substitutionary sacrifice. He stood in my place. He stood in your place. The death and the hell that we deserve today. I'm thankful that Christ stood as a substitute in our place. And because of that, these were the elect, the vehicle that drove to the birth of our Savior, which also birthed the church. Friends, listen. So the Bible tells us, are they precious? Are are, are they wonderful people? Listen, absolutely, without question, they are. Those are the people of God that got us to where we are today. Friends, listen, and when I say today, I'm talking about the day of grace, post-Calvary. So the Bible says in verse number eight, according as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, unto this day. And a lot of people, they read this way far forward into the future. Uh, Paul wrote this 1,900 years ago, uh, and he was talking to the people of Israel in this day. Remember what we read to you. Uh, in, in chapter number 10 over here, the Bible says in verse number 18, 
Chapter 10, verse number 18. Mark this, because it parallels with verse number 8 in chapter 11. Verse number 18, the Bible says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will revoke you to jealousy to them that are, no, uh, that are no people, and by my foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked me not. But unto Israel saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and a gainsaying people. Friends, listen. So why did the people, uh, or the uh, uh, why did the Israelites and the Jews in Jesus's day and time, why did God give them the spirit of slumber and eyes that they could not see and ears that they could not hear? Why were they in this condition? Why are people in this condition today? Remind you this: people are in this condition today because they reject the Messiah. They reject the Lord Jesus Christ. If you reject the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit and the wounds and the drawing of the Holy Spirit, then friends, listen, you qualify in these parameters. Uh, God, listen, God will give you the spirit of slumber, eyes that you cannot see, and ears that you should not hear. Friends, listen, uh, the people of this day and time are no different from the people of our day and time. If you reject the Messiah, if you reject the gospel, if you reject the provision of eternal life through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, you will find yourself annihilated and separated from the goodness and from the grace of God. And for this very cause, this is what Paul's dealing with. So we'll work on verse number 10. The Bible says, uh, in verse number 10, let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow, uh, bow their back always. He said, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? This is a question in verse number 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is coming to Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Friends, listen. So we get to this place right here in verse number 11. Verse number 11 is an important verse. It says, I say then, if they stumble, that they should fall. Does that mean that they can, uh, uh, listen, that they have done irreparable damage, that they can never be saved? That's not what Paul's saying. That's not what Paul's trying to. What, what Paul is telling them is that if you, would, uh, if you would open your eyes, if you would open your heart, if you would be receptive to the word of God that I have given you, then would I save you? But the Bible tells, listen, the scripture says, because you have postured yourself in this condition, he says, because of this, I have brought the gospel unto you. And listen, not only unto you, but I brought it unto the Gentiles. Who's the Gentiles? It's most everybody watching uh, here tonight. Friends, listen. So we have this uh, scenario right here. The Bible tells us that, listen, that salvation came through them. Should we be thankful for them? Absolutely. For without them, we'd be in hell. But thankfully, that we have provision of grace through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles. That's what we just talked about right here. We're dealing with this where, uh, listen, the elect lady, the nation of Israel, as they come, they reach this place. Uh, they birthed the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He went to the cross of Calvary. He died. Uh, listen, uh, not only did he die, he went to the grave. He, uh, listen, uh, as the Bible tells us, he was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and he rose victorious on the third day over death, hell, and the grave, conquering all things. Friends, and therefore the Bible says, imputing or making it, uh, 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 making it available and making every single man, woman, boy in this world 
Uh, every man, woman, boy, and girl in this world, he made them savable. Did I say he saved them? I did not say he saved them. I said he made them savable. Friends, listen, because he put them in a savable condition, if they by grace through faith will accept the Lord Jesus Christ, then they can be saved because provision has been made. So the Bible says salvation has come to the Gentiles. And it's come to the Gentiles to provoke them unto jealousy. Who's he talking about? Them. Them is the Jews. He's saying, well, now that you see me saving uh, the Gentile dogs, as the Jews would say, now that you see them, uh, that you see me, which is God, saving them, he said, hopefully it will provoke you to jealousy that you would uh, open your eyes, that you may see that you would finally hear the gospel message and you would come unto my redeeming Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, <clears throat> I'm going to go just a, a few minutes longer and then I'll be done. It says in verse number 13, For I speak unto you, uh, Gentiles, as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. Of course, we know that this was Paul's calling. Paul was uh, called out. He was set aside as the apostle to the Gentiles to bring the gospel message to the Gentiles. Listen, it says in verse number 14, If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which uh, are my flesh, and might, sa and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall, be the receiving of, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? And so we're saying right here. So as we go back to verse number 11, he said, Have they stumbled that they should not fall? He said, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Okay, now, if we go to verse 15, the Bible says, For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world. So what's he talking about right here? He said, they, they've propped themselves up. They've blinded their eyes. They've hardened their heart. They have ears that they cannot hear. And because they have postured themselves in this condition, he said, I've went to the Gentiles, which was his plan. That wasn't a contingency plan, by the way. That wasn't something, he, he didn't say, well, well they won't have it so I'll just go over here his intention was was to deliver it to the whole world uh, from the very get-go but he says because the Jews have postured themselves in this way he said I've went out into the whole world I, listen he said through the elect lady the nation of Israel he said I went out I, and he said I've went to the cross of Calvary and so, and when I went to the cross of Calvary, he said, I birthed the church. And when I birthed the church, he said, through the birthing of the church, I've reconciled all unto the world. He said, what shall the receiving of thee but, but life from the dead? It says in verse number 16, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. If the root be holy, so are the branches. So we get to a point right here, Paul's dealing with the, uh, the Jewish uh, elect lady, the nation of Israel, the vehicle that would uh, come to the cross of Calvary that would birth the church. And I want to say this, friends, listen, as we get to this, uh, this was the vehicle by which he would bring redemption and reconciliation to the entirety of the world. Friends, listen, these are not two separate people. This is not exclusion. This is, uh, listen, this is an expansion theology. I, I listen, it drives me crazy uh, to no end for people to tell me that I'm anti-Semitic. Or, uh, listen, what I will tell you is this, is that there's nobody going to heaven. It does not matter race, color, or ethnicity. You're not going to heaven unless you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ wholly and solely. If you don't do that, you're not going to to heaven, period. Amen. Uh, so friends, listen, the Bible says, for if the first, front, uh, for the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. We talked about this Sunday. We preached on the root and the fruit. 
But as we get to this in verse number 17, I'm fixing to wind up. And it says, If some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, The branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be, be not high-minded, but fear. Friends, listen. Read the whole text of the Bible. People take one verse, and they go off and start a whole other church. Uh, friends, listen. We need to, Why were the branches broken off? The branches were not broken off because God did not love them, because God did not provide provision for them, because there is no atonement for them. They were not broken off for some arbitrary, unconscious reason. They were broken off because they did not believe in the second person uh, of the Trinity, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why they were broken off of the wild olive tree. Friends, listen. Hey, I'm telling you something today. People need to hear this. We need to understand this. You must come through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get there any other way. But so many people, they try and make two different types of people. They say whether that uh, the elect lady of the nation of Israel is still intact and she's still saying separate from the church. Friends, listen, that was not the intention of the cross of Calvary. The intention of the cross of Calvary was to bind together. That's what the Bible's talking about in Ephesians 2 when he said, I've broken down the middle wall of partition. Amen. That's what Christ did. Uh, friends, listen, he tore down the walls of the law because, friends, the Bible tells us this. He said, I came not to destroy the law but to fulfill those things. But fulfill the law. And so when he fulfilled the law, thereby he reconciled all things unto himself, is what the Bible says. He tore down the middle wall of partition. It's now no longer by works, friends, listen, uh, listen or it never has been by works, but friends, it's always been by faith through grace. Uh, friends, listen, and we get to this point right here, we must understand they were broken off, they were cast away because they did not believe. What happened to them is the same thing that happens repetitively today. People come into the church house. I've said this and preached this for years. Friends, listen, it's one thing to go to hell from a bar, but it's an entirely different thing altogether to go to hell from a church pew. Boy, I tell you something, friends, uh, what a pitiful and sad condition that it is that people come to the house of God. They hear good, sound, Holy Ghost-filled gospel preaching that has the authority to save them. And they reject it and they walk away from the house of God and they step off into eternity into a godless hell. Uh, friends, today, listen to me. I'm telling you something. It's time that people realize, uh, listen, that God has made provision. There is atonement. There is sacrifice. There is grace. There is mercy. There is peace and joy can be found if you would simply bow down at the feet of Jesus and receive him precious to your never dying soul. You, Job asked the question in Job 14. He said, if a man die, shall he live again? The answer to that question is yes. You're going to live in eternity somewhere. Amen. The Bible tells us this, that the great rest 
resurrection day. Uh, in John 5 and 28, he said, Moreover not this, for the hour and time is coming, which uh, all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and come forth. They that have done good in the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation, you are going to live in eternity forever. In et- uh, listen, I, I, I say uh, those two words don't really make sense, but listen, eternity has no beginning and, and no end. Friends, listen. You're going there forever. Uh, as long as I be in the blisses and the joys of heaven, I, I listen. And I'm thankful that I can go to that place because I've been saved by the grace of God. But friends, listen, uh, uh, the sad reality is, is the alternative of that is, is those that that die in unbelief and you don't have to. Friends, it's because you simply choose to have eyes that cannot see, ears that cannot hear, and a heart that is too hard to receive the seed of the gospel. Friends, listen, that is your own condition. You have created that condition in your life. It's not God's fault. Amen. I'm tired. I'm tired of people blaming God. Uh, well, God wouldn't let me. God won't allow me. Friends, that's not what the word of God says. I'm going to read this to you one more time and I'm done. Amen. I've been going too long. Verse number 18 of chapter 1 of Romans, the Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold hold the truth in unrighteousness. You hold the gospel in unrighteousness. It says, Because of that uh, which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. You have no excuse, friends. Listen, if you step off into a godless eternity, you have been provided for. There is provision, there is atonement, and there is grace. But you have eyes that cannot see, you have ears that cannot hear, and you have a heart that will not receive. Friends today, listen, I, 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 my heart's desire, I pray for the church and pray for the world. Just like Paul is praying for his uh, kinsmen right here. He's saying, all you have to do is turn, turn and receive the gospel and it can save you. Listen, in verse number 21, I'll read 20 and 21 again, and I'm going to be done. It says, Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest, uh, standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. He said, for if, God, uh, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest, all, lest he also spare not thee. Friends, listen. You need to make sure that your peace calling and your election is sure. Do you know Jesus? Do you really, really know Jesus? Right now, I'm not. I'm not talking about uh, in the mix and mash of everything that's going on around you. I'm not talking about in a good spirit-filled service. Those are good things. I'm glad that we have reminders, and we can feel the inrush of the Holy Ghost, and we can rejoice in those things. But I'm talking about in those dark times when you're standing at the hospital. When you're by yourself in the middle of the night, is God still real? Do you have a heart that believes? Do you really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you truly, truly saved? Have you been grafted in to the old wild olive branch? God bless you. We love you so very much. Uh, Good Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning.
I hope and trust that if you're not saved tonight, uh, it's my heart's desire some way, some fashion, somehow, that you just get down wherever you are, stop your car, get down in your living room, and say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Boy, I'm glad if we meet the gospel terms. I'm glad if we meet the gospel terms. The Bible says that he would no wise turn us aside. God bless you. We love you with all of our hearts. I hope and pray to see you soon.